Hello, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., as in Frank, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Monday, May 25th, 2020, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today, we are reading from the big book, and we are in Chapter 11, A Vision for You, on page 158. We will be reading and commenting on the first paragraph, which begins with, Next Day Found, and ends with, This Booze Racket Alone. Today's readers are Mary G., Maura Z., Lisa B., Craig F., and Maria F. The share ID number for yesterday, Sunday, May 24, 2020's special edition meeting is 14,679. That is 14679. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Mary G. to read the OA 12 steps. Good morning. This is Mary G., a compulsive overeater from Minnesota. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 
11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me be of service. I pass. Thank you, Mary G. I will now ask Maura Z to read the OA 12 traditions. Good morning, Rebecca. Thank you for your service. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Maura Z. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phones. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phones, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book and we are in chapter 11, A Vision for You, on page 158, that's 158, 
we will be reading and commenting on the first paragraph, which begins with next day found and ends with this booze racket alone. I will now ask Lisa B. to go ahead and read that for us. Good morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And I do spell my name L-E-S-A. It says, on the third day, the lawyer gave his life to the care and direction of his creator and said he was perfectly willing to do anything necessary. His wife came scarcely daring to be hopeful, though she thought she Excuse saw me, something Lisa different. B? Oh, yes. Lisa B? On yes, I'm here. Next day found the prospect. Oh, I'm so sorry. Started. Thank you. Sure. Thank you so much. I'll start again. <laughs> okay. Next day found the prospect more receptive. He had been thinking it over. Maybe you're right. He said God ought to be able to do anything. Then he added, he sure didn't do much for me when I was trying to fight this booze racket alone. Okay, so um, I love the way this chapter lays everything out to me of how to work with someone. You know, on page 157, we saw that hopelessness was written on his face. So he's already knowing that he's a goner. And then the two, the two recovered fellows shared with him their spiritual experiences. They talked about the allergy of the body and his warped mind. And then um, it says here, the next day he's more receptive. And what comes to my mind is, you know, when I'm working with others, I don't have to do all the convincing. Food is going to do the convincing. Alcohol is going to be the great condenser. And that takes so much pressure off of me. I just need to share my own experience, strength, and hope. And when I think about this reading, you know, it's it's telling me that he he has been engaged in the process of reflection. And that's really what step one and two is. It's just absorbing information. It's reflecting on it. It's pondering on it. So he's now more receptive. He's seeing, and I saw for myself, door number one, door number two. That's it. You know, I, I, I saw that there's not going to be a door number three or a door number four. There's die an alcoholic death or live by spiritual principles. And I did become more receptive. I was so eager to recreate my life. I was so done with the life I had been living. Even though on the outside, it really looked okay. It was that internal condition, that, that dead state. You know, I had been in for so long that no matter what I got on the outside, nothing was able to help me feel at peace. And I knew that at any moment, a binge that could be the binge beyond all binge where I may never return. I may never return mentally, emotionally, or spiritually, or physically. And I could hear myself saying, maybe you're right. I remember saying that to my person that became my sponsor, my guide. Maybe you're right. Um, So when it says here that God ought to be able to do anything, he sure didn't do much for me. I wasn't really in touch with that feeling, although I do believe it was there. I just was really hanging on the hope that I heard in the meeting of the recovered voices. And when it, I saw that if it worked for her, it could work for me. And I also saw that it wasn't like she was so much more brilliant than me 
that I could possibly do the exact same things that she did. And she explained to me that she did what these first 100 people did, that I could then get that same result. So I became open-minded because I was convinced by the food and the emotional and the spiritual bankruptcy. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa B. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you would like to share on the first paragraph on page 158 in the big book, please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. D-L-P-M-T. Okay, I I hope nobody else says another word because I got to get the people who just spoke who I think maybe I heard do L. Is that correct? Yes. Vasa O. Janice PM. Wait one second. Vasa O. Janice PM. Okay. I'm ready for another. Jan T. Was it Jan S? Yes. Karen K. I think it was Nancy T. Yes, and then that's it correct. Was Karen K. Teresa P. Teresa P. Okay, was there anyone else who tried to get in whose name I did not get? Great, because I have seven names here. So uh, stay tuned for the next opportunity. We're going to go with Du L, Vasa O, Janice C M. Jan S, Nancy T, Karen K, and Teresa P. Do L. Take it away. Good morning. This is Do L, Recover Compulsive Overeater from New York. Thank you so much for your service. Um, backdrop noise. Right. If you if you're not muted, check your phone and mute, please. Star one. Go ahead, Do. Okay, let me just start my timer again. Um, so again, do I'll recover compulsive overeater. Um, I love this sentence where it says, he sure didn't do much for me when I was trying to fight this booze racket alone. Alone is what stands out for me. Um, you see, uh, Bill kind of put it better when he talked about, when he tried to do this on self-knowledge, right? He was trying to do it alone. God was nowhere to be found. When he was in fear, God was nowhere to be found. And here it is with this guy also. He's saying, you know, (laughs) I'm just like Dr. Bob. I went to church. I connected with God. I prayed to God. I did all these things with God, right? But for some reason, God was not entering into my heart. God was not present while I was still in my addiction. And why was that? Because God is not going to intrude on your free will, right? God will not do that. Um, you need to, uh, you know, when you're in your idols and when you're in your addiction and you put that ahead and you make that the higher power, God can't enter into us. You know, it has to be either God or it has to be my addiction. It can't be either or. There's no middle of the road the big book talks about, right? It's either I go into my addiction or I go into recovery. Which one is it? You know, do I have a spiritual experience or do I stay stuck in my addiction? Those are my two choices. There's no door number three. So here he's saying, you know, 
God can do anything, but am I letting God enter into my heart? You see, because he can't enter into my head because my head is faulty. It is full of lies. It is full of justifications and excuses to keep me in my addiction. So how do I get God? I got to let go of something. And it's called let go of the food, let go of the self-will, let go of the things that are killing me, right? And turn to something else greater than me that can help me, you know? But until I don't take that action and I, and it, it is an action. It is a conclusion of the mind, but it's also followed by actions. Because if I don't, if I don't start putting down the food, right? If I don't start putting down those key food ingredients that are killing me, nothing's going to happen. So that's the first step. And the second step, I need to move to something other than me. Because my experience has shown that anytime I do it my way, it doesn't work. How many times, how many decades, how many years have that been proven to me? That if I do the same thing over and over again, I will get the same result. And the result that I'm trying to produce today is very different than what I've always gotten. So this is, uh, just to conclude, this is just showing me that, you know, I need to do it with something greater than myself and not alone. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Duel. Vasa O. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Please time me because I can get carried away. So I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And then this is step 12. I'm, I'll never be so more grateful for the person that brought me in the program, my Abby. And uh, yes, she 12 stepped me a little bit each day. I spoke. We spoke every day for a while till she brought me to my first meeting. I think it was like a week later. And I liked what she said, and I liked her look. She had lost a lot of weight. I went really, I came in the program for the vanity. I stayed for the sanity. But she was very gentle. She said to me, you know, try six meetings. You don't have to stay. You can leave any time. You, if you don't want to stay, you can leave, and nobody's going to force you to stay at the meetings. It was such a freedom. But anyways, I never thought in my whole million years uh, that I could ask God for help with the food. I thought I was supposed to depend on my own willpower and, and try all the different things, you know, that I was trying, but none of it worked. And I love when she said to me, you know, when we read the first edition, how did the tw- uh, 100 men and women stop drinking? If I did those things, if we did the, those things, and we, we would, it was the solution. She always talked about the solution. And I was ready, and I was so willing. And she said, just be open-minded. Put everything you know about the food. Put everything you know about God. Put everything about everything that you knew before. Just start all over. And that was the key for me. I was so willing and I was so ready to surrender to God, higher power, whatever you call it. Just please help me. I cannot go in with the food the way I was going. I was, it was just going to kill me. And I wasn't very much overweight, maybe like 25 pounds, 30 by then, but it was getting progressive over the years. 
So the key for me was just to surrender because I had nothing to lose. She said, you got nothing to lose except your weight. Well, that was just the beginning. Yes, I lost the weight, but I lost so many things, fears, worries, anxieties. I replaced the food with God, my higher power, never stopped praying right from the beginning. I surrendered, and I haven't stopped. I thank God every day for being abstinent and for everything I've been given in the, in the programs and working the 12 steps. This is a miracle program, but I have to work it. I never left the program by the grace of God. I don't want to mention years, but it is 34 years. And, it, and it's what I have learned from you, from all the people that had gone before and people, the newcomers that are coming in. We give it to each other. We help each other. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you. I wasn't sure if you heard me. Uh, Janice TM. Yes, good, <clears throat> good morning, Rebecca and everyone. My name is Janice Pia, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. My goodness, I heard so much already. Um, yeah, this, what this paragraph is, is teaching me, the directions that they're, you know, that are hidden here, that they're giving us. One is for a sponsor, and one is for a um, sponsee. And one is for the growth of the fellowship. This is teaching me how a sponsor would continue to talk with the sponsee. Um, they didn't try to, I cannot, well, I know I can't convince anyone of putting the food down because nobody in, in, on this earth could convince me. So they did none of that. They told them about their experience. And part of their experience has to be to give it away. That's the bottom line here. They have to give it away. And uh, little did Bill know that they were broke when he was doing when they were doing all this work for for Bill for Bill D. So now, <clears throat> and another message is that he's you know Bill D is a sponsee is receiving this, and he's being convinced on his own after his own experience that, gee, he's been in the hospital eight times, you know, and he's running out of ideas like I did. I didn't know what else to do after so many years because I tried, pardon me, I'm <coughs> got a frog in my throat. Um, I tried and I tried and I tried. You see, it was all about me getting the outcome. Me getting the, me, myself, and I getting the results. Well, when I started, first I had to know I couldn't do this myself. I was powerless, and I couldn't manage my life. I couldn't find, manage my food. I couldn't manage my behaviors. So then I became willing, not just willing, but willing to do what these two guys did, these two alcoholics. So they're very good directions for me. That willingness is followed by action. And yeah, I was willing. Oh, sure, I'm willing. Um, but the action that's coming up next is what we have to do. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Janice PM. Jan S. Good morning. This is Jan S. 
I'm calling from St. Augustine, Florida, and I'm a grateful, recovering, compulsive reader. I'm happy to be here today. Happy to be on the line. Um, so for me, the whole for me the whole crucial part was that um, all my failures with trying to manage and fix my food compulsion on my own had failed got into the program 42 years ago, but didn't want to take that vital step, the one where you uh, have to turn your will and your life over to God. God was on my blacklist when I got there. So I I stayed for 30 days and then I left. And uh, by the time I got back, I wanted to kill myself at 24. And God interrupted my death because I remembered to go back to OA because nothing else was helping me. And so I did. And at that point, I was willing to do anything they said because I was in trouble. I had a three-year-old and a four-year-old, and I wanted to die. I was in big trouble. So I'm grateful that I went. I'm grateful that I was willing. But the people who worked with me were very, very subtle and very gentle because they knew I was dying bodily, mind, and spirit, and they knew how afraid I was underneath all my anger and all my fears, and they just said, you know what, just keep coming, just keep coming, and that's the gift. You know, nobody forced me. Nobody nobody told me I wasn't good enough to be there. They just told me that it worked for them, and in turn, I have been given the same blessings to work this program and give it to other people and that's how my my abstinence and my sobriety and my serenity continues to grow I continue to grow spiritually because I keep giving it away and every day I do that I'm helping another person and I think that's just so so amazing I have to take, I have to make the decision. That's the first action. I have to make the decision. My will is my thinking. I have to stop the thinking and turn that over to God too. Never mind just the eating. So this journey continues to to just evolve into a continuing beautiful relationship with my higher power that gets better every day. So now, 30, 38 years later, I'm just continuing to grow in these areas by helping other people and telling them my story is what helps them and watching them helps me. And together, we can do what we can never do alone. So thank you. Thank you for allowing me to share. Have a great day. Thank you, Jan S. Nancy T. Thank you, Rebecca. Good morning, everybody. Nancy T., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Lewiston, Idaho. You know, there's two things that kind of stood out to me. First of all, the very first two words, next day. So these two members of Alcoholics Anonymous, um, first of all, after they got the name of this fellow and told them to put him in a private room, waited two days. So two days later, it said, um, 
And then it said they spent an hour with him and then now next day. And I'm just struck by, again, we have another example that these two people that were being of service to the still-suffering alcoholic knew from their experience that a few days of clear-mindedness was necessary for um, the prospect to have an open mind and, and be a little bit clear-minded because then they're more receptive to what they have to offer. So I just like it that each example we hear, they've given them that time to be a little clear-minded. But but I think my favorite part of this paragraph is the last part where it said, then he added, he sure didn't do much for me when I was trying to fight this booze racket alone. There are so many years that I tried to fight it alone. And I thought when that was read this morning, I thought of a thing. I think it was in a Herb K workshop I went to, but um, one of the workshops I went to, they said, the hole in my heart is in the exact shape of God. And I have to get that whole cleared because God will then fit through perfectly. He doesn't want to force his way around things that get in the way, like for me, um, compulsive spending or um, anger or resentments or any of those character defects that get in the way. God won't force his way around that. He can, but he won't. He wants a clear path. And the biggest thing that gets in his way is self-will. That's the biggest thing that um, fills up that hole that God won't force his way around. And that's what I heard this alcoholic saying. He was trying to fight the booze racket alone. So he was full of self-will trying to do it, do it on his own. So I'm so grateful that I was led to the steps, which is the only way that I have found to clear away the wreckage, to clear away those character defects, which fill up that hole that is only in the shape of God. And that if I do that every day to keep spiritually fit and to keep that pathway clear for God, then I have a guarantee that I don't have to pick up the food that day. I'm very grateful to be on the line with you all. Thank you for everybody who shared. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Nancy T. Karen K. And before Karen K. shares, I'll just let people know who might have gotten on the line late. We're on the first paragraph on 158 in the big book that starts next day found. Thanks for waiting. Karen Kay, go ahead. Good morning, everybody. My name is Karen Kay from upstate New York. And uh, I um, came back to uh, OA back in July. And I kept searching and searching and searching. Um, for a way to do the steps, and uh, I belong to another fellowship, and um, and then finally I was listening to your podcast, and then last week I got the telephone number, and this is my answer. This is my answer. Um, I cannot do this alone. My mind is a dangerous neighborhood to be in. It's a, for me, it's a disease of isolation, and I had to break out of that. And my disease, uh, I was trying to get my uh, meal plan sent over, and um, you know what? I just texted it the, this morning, and the uh, I call it a fellow traveler, when I will figure that out at 10. You know, just doing the next right thing. And I'll just stop with this. I started for my walk. It was pouring. And how many times did I do that to get food or alcohol? And now it's not pouring. So... I'm grateful for this uh, meeting. 
And you guys have a wonderful Memorial Day. God bless you all. Thank you, Karen Kay. Teresa P., and after Teresa P., I'll take more names of people who would like to share. Go ahead, Teresa. Hi, I'm Teresa P., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And and then today I am grateful for about it. Believe me, when I was in the disease, I was not grateful because uh, it was entirely too painful. And uh, what I get to do today is, you know, I get the solution and the way there. And uh, the solution is God and the way to get there is the steps. And and I just keep it simple and keep doing it. And my way before was always, you know, what do I need to do? You know, I remember as a child just looking in the, well, in the in the magazines and stuff for the diet. I mean, I'm I'm talking about seven, eight, nine years old. I'm looking for these diets. These women are doing these diets, and I was they were losing the weight, so I was going to do that, and that worked for about one meal, two meals maybe, and uh, I just couldn't do it. And then you know, I heard my mom say things like, "Well, just do one bite. You know, you don't have to have all the cookies. Just you know, have one." Or oh, she had that little little thing. It's for when she was. Uh, her boyfriend just did give her a box of candy, and so she would, like, keep it in her drawer. And, oh, and I'm talking about before she got married. And then she would, like, have maybe, maybe one piece a day. And, uh, man, you know, I tried. I tried that one. Never could do that one. Try one and eat them all. And, uh, you know, nothing worked. And, and I got the program, and, and I knew program worked because I was in another program, and I got there on a breakdown because, I was self-will run Wyatt. And so, you know, but how do you do it, you know? I tried God. I prayed to God. And, you know, I didn't have the way. I I knew he could, but he wasn't. I couldn't trust him to do it. He didn't do it. But here is the way. I didn't realize I was, you know, preventing his help by putting all this stuff in front of, in front of God. And, you know, and. And what I got to do instead was, you know, keep showing up and keep taking the next indicated step and then just and just keep doing it. One more day, keep doing it. And, and I'm very grateful that I was blessed with absence because I, one thing I was willing to do was put the food down. I knew sugar was my problem. And I got a sponsor right away. And she said, well, you do three meals a day and no chocolate and sugar. That's what she did. She didn't tell me to do that. She said, that's what she did. So that's what I did. And I kept listening, and I had various sponsors. And, you know, and it's just all about, I just keep doing the next indicated step. But the greatest freedom from came when I came to vision and got, you know, use these steps the way it's written in the big book. And I just like, it, it's, it's so perfect. It's just they're laid out, you know, and, I don't have to figure it out. I just keep following, you know, what's in the big book. And I don't want to get confused, but go back and read the big book. And so that's my time. Thank you for letting me share, and uh, have a great day. Thank you, Teresa P. Well, if uh, you haven't shared in the past couple of days, um, every third day we're asked to hold off um, and would like to share on the first paragraph on page 158. Um, we limit that so that people who and more voices get heard. 
um, please let me know by pressing star one to unmute. Linda D. Mary Mary A. Michael Wait one second. I heard Linda D. And was there a Mary F? V. Okay. What's the answer about Mary F? Michael. Maria. Okay. I heard a Michael. What's Michael's last initial? M. Okay. Was there a Mary F? Mary V is in Victor. Mary V. Thank you so much. Okay, Pamela, you tried to get in. Was it Pamela or Pamela? Pamela. Uh, wait one Pamela, and your initial? E. E. And then was it e. Leslie W? E as in. E as yeah, in. you. Yeah, I got Pamela E and Leslie W. And was yes, there any Rebecca. other voice that tried to get in? Maria F. Maria, Maria F. F. <laughs> Okay, there was someone after Maria F. We may not have time, but uh, say it once more. Meredith G. Meredith G. Yes. Okay, if any, if uh, one or two people doesn't take the full three minutes, you might get in Meredith G. So stay tuned. We've got Linda D., Mary V., Michael M., Pamela E., Leslie W., Maria F., and Meredith G., Linda D., go right ahead with the first paragraph on 158. Hi, everybody. It's Linda D. from Connecticut. I'm uh, very relieved and grateful, very grateful to be a recovered compulsive overeater. I've been in program since I was 38, and I'm 76. So do the math. It's a long, long time. And I've been recovered six years and several months. And... um, so there's a big gap there and a lot of experience. and But it's today. So why am I here today? If I was brand new, I'd be confused about what I'm hearing. So if you're brand new and you're confused, that's normal. And after a, a while and doing the work, I'm far less confused. And I don't have to kill myself with food because that's what I was doing. I didn't know that. But that's what it was. My thinking was all messed up. I didn't know that. I just knew I was in excruciating pain, very, very ashamed, very, very frightened. But I stuck around and I did the work. This is an amazing, amazing program. But when I first walked in, And the church that I went to that held the meeting is less than a mile from my home. I I remember looking in that room and wondering, where are the fat people? What am I, what is this? And I walked in, there happened to be an AA speaker, a male speaker, and it was not gentle. It was right to the point. And I needed to hear every single thing that man said because it was the same disease. It was the disease of addiction. It saved my life. And I went home and I cried and cried because I was home. Someone understood who I was and they let me in the door. And they gave me a big book and I had to pay for it. And I didn't have much money. It was like seven bucks. I bought it. I got a sponsor, and I did the work. And it's many years later, and yes, I fell down and all that stuff, and I relapsed. 
but I hung out and I hung out until finally one day I came to vision for you with with God. And I started without God. I was an atheist. I didn't want to be, but I was. And I just acted as if. I just went along with it. I gave it lip service, the God part. I just did the actions. And that got me an incredibly wonderful relationship with God that saves my life every single day in concert with all of you. And I thank you for being there for me from the bottom of my heart. I pass. Thank you, Linda D. Mary V. Mary, press star one to unmute your phone. Apologies, it's Mary V. from Staten Island. I'll just say quickly, um, what jumped out at me is uh, God ought to be able to do anything. And he sure didn't do much for me when I tried to kick this alone. So uh, I'm a grateful compulsive overeater coming out of a big relapse, and I'm recovered for today. Thank you, God. Um, God is always doing everything for us, but when we're overeating, we don't see anything. When we're in our disease, we don't see anything. We don't see um, that we're not alone. Because in this paragraph, he's not alone. There's two people coming to him that are trying to help him. And God will become in recovery. God takes center stage because we're not alone. Our higher power can do so much for us. When we turn to our higher power, then the change can start to happen to us, and that's a miracle. And so it's really a beautiful thing. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Mary V. Michael M. Yes, good morning. Thank you for your service. Uh, Michael's definitely a compulsive overeater. And, uh, you know, when I first came into the program, uh, you know, I didn't want to hear about God. Just a word pissed me off. And, when I was a kid, my sister and I saw a commercial for the father program on television, and we both started laughing and said, wouldn't it be great if they had that for food? And of course, you know, eventually I found a way, and I, years ago, like in the 70s, we, used to, we always had AA speakers come in and talk, as well as our, our regular always speakers. So it's, uh, for me, finding vision a few years ago changed my life for the better uh, because I I was much more honest with myself. And I've, I've always been in, actually, I've been in all the 12-step food programs starting from the beginning because I was very young. And my life, literally, I lived my dreams because of the 12 steps. I, I literally lived my dreams. And now I'm retired and realizing that it's time to make new dreams and uh, vision has changed me because it's you know I'm a I'm a double winner and I would never say that and today I definitely believe in a higher power and have been rocketed into the fourth dimension but as soon as I I let go uh, or if I have a, a each eat something that I shouldn't be eating I lose that dimension and now that I have it back and it's been a nice length of time. And I'm on, uh, you know, I'm on maintenance. I'm very grateful. 
uh, and continue to be. So thank you so much for allowing me to share, and I pass. Thank you, Michael M. Pamela E. Hi, this is Pamela E. from California. Can I be heard? Yes, good morning, Pamela. Good morning, and it is a good morning. And thanks to you and everyone that's on the line. I woke up at about 4 o'clock um, here on Pacific Time and went to the podcast and started listening to um, A Vision for You special edition from the 17th that was talking about not only the physical but the emotional, um, emotional and spiritual sobriety. And I was running around yesterday, and I was a prisoner in my own house. I never left. I looked through the outside. I looked, sat on my sofa, looked outside, wanting to do it, and I, and I didn't do it. And um, it was one of those days of angst. My son was just shopping for a computer, and I'm, I'm like feeling anxiety. He's fine. And before you know it, my old pattern is there. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it was there. And, you know, this is a, a, you know, a one day at a time thing. And I, you know, I got up this morning, I started listening to that podcast again, saw the time, called in, and every one of you who have shared today has enlightened me and 12-stepping me and bringing me, I, I mean, I'm learning and I'm sitting here and talking to you all and I got my, my iPhone calendar and made out my plan of eating for the day and I'll call my sponsor when I'm gone because I can be obstinate and can do this on my own, but I can't do this on my own. I need your voices. I'm going to get off the phone, get up, do some exercise, plan to go outside today and live in this day physically, emotionally, and spiritually sober. And in those moments of anxiety, call a fellow, say a prayer. This program works when you work it, when I work it, and I'm willing to work it today for thanks for all your your hundreds and thousands of hands in this in this fellowship on the phone around the world. Thank you. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Pamela E. Leslie W. Hey, Rebecca, thank you for hearing me. It's Leslie W. Recovered in Tennessee. Um, and when I, when I read this paragraph, God ought to be able to do anything. Um, you know, I, I thought I knew God, and I thought that I had a, a good understanding of, of, of God when I first came into this program. Um, and, uh, you know, I had already been praying for God to help me. Um, and so far as I could tell, God hadn't showed up yet. And for me, um, that was almost harder to get over than not having a concept of God to begin with because I felt a sense of betrayal. And um, I slowly started to learn that, you know, God would help me. Um, 
he's going to help me and he has helped me. But there were certain things that I had to do in order for that help to be received. Um, you know, I I prayed for God to I begged I begged God to take away this. Of course, I didn't know it was a disease then, but I begged Him. You know, please God help me. I would I would beg, you know, for Him to take it away, for me not to hurt myself with food and binge the next day. But nothing changed until I started working these steps and and realized that that I had a role to play. I had a part to play. Um, and, you know, God gave me a brain. <laughs> he gave me the ability to make choices. And the first choice that I had to make was deciding that I had had enough. Um, I had had enough misery. And when I decided that, um, that I wanted a better life for myself, um, for my family, then things that really, really was willing to do whatever I had to do to get out of the pain of compulsively overeating, then I I began to see that God showed up for me and helped me, you know, but I I had I had to walk. I had I had to I had to pick up my bed and walk, you know. I had to. He wasn't going to do that for me. So, um I learned a big lesson that time that there. Thanks, Rebecca. Y'all set, Leslie? Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry to cut you off. Look, thanks. Leslie W. Maria F. And Meredith, you stay tuned because we do have time for you. Maria F., go ahead. Hi, Rebecca. I'll be quick, so I leave time on the clock. Uh, my name is Maria F. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Ireland. And I'm just going to jump in on the line. Um, he sure didn't do much for me when I was trying to fight this booze racket alone. And God couldn't do anything for me either when I was trying to uh, fight my eating racket alone. Um, and I knew God was there, but I was, wasn't letting God in. And I was, when I came into the rooms, I was full of self-pride and I had all these defense mechanisms that were operating in my life. And um, what I didn't understand back then was that it was fear. Yeah, fear was the force that kept my mind closed. Um, and like Bill Dotson, um, I tried to, find my, tried to fight my eating alone and... Um, in my attempt to do that, you know, I was like the tornado roaring through the lives of others. And I was so spiritually sick that I couldn't even see that. I couldn't see the harm that I was causing to other people with my eating. And it says in this paragraph, you know, next day found the prospect more receptive. So Bill Dotson's mind is starting to clear here. Um, he, he, he lays aside his prejudice and he's having a spiritual experience. And he's starting to think that maybe just God would be able to do for him what he couldn't do for himself. Because... His experience with his drinking shows him that he can't do it by himself. And, and just like Bill Jackson, I need God because I cannot do it on my own. Um, and I don't want to do it on my own. Um, because it's only God that has the power to remove this obsession. Because my problem is not food. Um, food is the solution to my problem. It wasn't my problem. And um, yeah, in my disease, you know, I was always trying to control the food. 
And I was always trying to analyze and to think my way to the solution and to God. And the truth is, I know today I can't think my way to God. I cannot know God with my mind. I need to experience God through the steps and through the action of the first nine steps. And what that does, it, it, it catapults me into the, those spiritual dimensions of living in 10, 11 and 12, because I need these steps to survive. Um, and for me, it's life or death. Um, and, and I know today that lack of power is my problem. You know, lack of power is my dilemma. So I need a power. If that's the truth, I need a power. If lack of dilemma is my problem. Um, and through the surrender and the giving up. You know, because in my, yeah, back in the deluded thinking, you know, in the food, I used to think, you know, well, if I surrender, I lose everything and that the food will get worse. Um, and then who will I be? You know, if I give up the food, who am I? And the real irony is that it was through the gift of surrender and putting down the food entirely that I gained my life back because nothing changes if nothing changes. I had to take a different action. And that was the action of the 12 steps. And I had to do something differently. And it's by the grace of God that I was surrendered um so yeah thanks very much for letting me share and i leave time for somebody else thank you rebecca thank you maria f meredith g it's your turn and you'll probably be the one to close us out hi i'm meredith g i just wanted to claim my seat today and i'll pass okay meredith g I'm glad that you were able to do that, that we had time, and we actually have time for another two-minute share if someone jumps in quick. This is Michael, compulsive overeater. May I share? Yes, Michael, and the first initial of your last name. Oh, sorry, Michael T. Um, G? uh, Michael T is in uh, Tango. T. Got it. Go right ahead. Um, just want to say thanks to everyone for all their powerful uh, shares. Um, and um, if I can get through today, it'll be my 14th day of abstinence, um, for which I would be very grateful. Um, um, so much that has been said on the on the reading is uh, really hits home. Um, and I do feel like I'm on this journey of trying to um, let God in. Um, as I define God and my higher power. Um, and it, it occurs to me, I don't know, I'm relatively new to OA. I mean, I've, I've had this disease for about 40 years. <laughs> um, I'm 40, I'll be 49 this year. Um, and it seems like maybe God has, our food has been my God. Um, I don't think, I don't expect that to be. Um, particularly um, insightful maybe to others, but to me, it's like that's kind of been my organizing core principle is using food um, to fill whatever spiritual, emotional um, holes that I've had and have. Um, And I've tried, you know, every, you know, diet in the book sort of thing, uh, but I haven't really tried to um, fix the spiritual part which is what I think um, in large part OA uh, kind of addresses. And so I'm really grateful for all of the insight um, that's been shared here today for people who've had very strong recoveries over decades, you know, one day at a time. Um, It gives me hope. Um, I never 
getting 14 days of abstinence if I get that today. Like I've I've been on diet programs, that, you know I've lasted more than 14 days in following the program. Um, this feels a little this feels different, uh, frankly, for the first time ever, and that's nice, um, more than nice. <laughs> Um, so anyway, I just Fine. want to thank everyone. Okay. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you, Michael T. Glad you snuck in there and thanks for sharing. Thank you everyone for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Monday, May 24th, 2020, 7 a.m. Eastern time is 1468. That's 14,683. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Craig F. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Sure. This is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Asking in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.